signals for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. That's amazing. Sensational. Dramatic. Hard-running. Exciting. Thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. Go crazy, folks. This is Bill Steele. This is Mike Burnham. This is Wes Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Oh, mercy. This is handsome Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Woogie Man. Hey, guys. I'm ESPN's Marty Smith, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Are you ready to rock? Yeah! Are you ready to rock? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460. Simulcasting on 710 WFNR. Streaming online at WRADradio.com and the TuneIn app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Now your host, Rick Watson. Rick Watson. program. Hope you're doing well, wherever you might be. Call us up on the uh, Baker Team Hotline, 639-4900. The text line is at 744-2990. Mike Burnett joins us today. Virginia Tech plays in the uh, ACC tournament. First round. Got to win five in five days qualify for the NCAA tournament for a second straight year. Jermaine Farrell and then David Smith, our NFL correspondent. So all that's coming up here on the program today. First, we have high school basketball we're going to go over. I've heard from a lot of you already. We had three extremely close games. I mean, extremely close games last night that we'll talk about. And we have uh, quite a few teams that are still playing in the uh, the upcoming state championship games. Good crowd last night at the Dedman Center for Radford and Floyd. I know over at Floyd County High School, that's where Auburn played George Wythe in Class 1. Pulaski County over at Christiansburg, Tuscarora. In Class 4, that's in girls' basketball. And Carroll County in Class 3. And then down the road, 
a battle of Roanoke County, Northside, and uh, Cave Spring in Class 3. So we'll get into all that. We'll get your thoughts on it as well. Um, Pulaski County survived. Tuscarora got fouled late. Needed to make all three free throws to win the game. And then I believe the young lady just made one. So Pulaski County's playing in the Class 4 State Championship Girls game. Congratulations to the Cougars. Have to feel for the young lady who missed the uh, free throws, though. She's got to deal with that, and hopefully uh, she'll be able to get over that because it is just part of it. And then in Class 2, boys down at the Dedman Center. Radford High School knocked off Floyd, 58-57. Apparently Floyd had a big lead at halftime. Game went into an extra session, and the Bobcats knock off Floyd. So Rick Cormany is going to be playing in his 11th state championship game. Coming up. But unfortunately, it's against John Marshall, the juggernaut who we've talked about here on the show, and all they did was beat Brunswick 112-49. to on the other side of it. So at some point, something may have to be done about what's going on at John Marshall, but the Bobcats nonetheless will make their 11th state championship appearance under Rick Cormany. In Class 3 girls, Carroll County, they're very good. They knocked off Liberty Christian 70-43. to That was in Class 3 girls. So Pulaski County and Carroll County each playing for state championships on the girls' side. And George Witt, over at Floyd County, knocked off Auburn 45-42 in Class 1 boys state semifinal action. So now George Wythe will play for a state championship. And then down the road, or I guess you could say up the road, I always say down the road because you go down the mountain, but Northside continues to roll. They knocked off Cave Spring. Big rivalry game there. 58-52. So, We're going to have five schools here in the New River and Roanoke Valleys participating in state championship games, so we wish them nothing but the best. And I feel for Radford High School for what they have to run into next in Class 2 with John Marshall. As I mentioned, they scored over 100 points. Again, I believe they've been over 100 points in every round of the postseason so far as they head into it, but it it is what it is, as they say, throughout. So we'll see um, how they do and how many crowns we can take home. Hopefully we will. Hopefully we'll get a few. But uh, some high drama last night on over in Christiansburg. Had a lot of people keeping me updated on what was going on over there. Is it coming through? It is. <laughs> as we're doing the uh, program, we've got uh, <laughs> station manager, technician, so was that was that me or was that just something that was needed to be fixed? It's working on Firefox, <laughs> but not on Chrome. Okay. I don't know. So use Firefox. All right. Yeah, so now we got some Chuck Mangione going in the background. That's very pleasant. I needed that this morning. <laughs> ah, there you go. Anyone want to hear some more of that? Here we go. There we go. That should have been my underbed for all the uh, high school basketball <laughs> scores that I just went through. Like, that would make everything better. Like, if, even if you came up on the short end of the scoreboard, if you heard Feels So Good by Chuck Mangione, you would go, okay, all right, well, I'm a little upset. I'm sad we lost, but, you know, brighter days ahead. Thanks, Chuck. <laughs>
This might have to be the local and or regional high school scoreboard music going forward. Could there be a more aptly named song, like Feels So Good? Because you know he's smiling while he's playing it on his horn, and then you feel so good when you hear it. Right? And it fits every setting. Like, this is a, a good song to come on. You just plop down on the couch. You don't want the TV on. You just want to hear some music, and you just cut on your, your music source, and this comes on. You can take a deep breath. Or if you have a lady over, you know, this might be the kind of song that kind of gets you going that way, too. Or if you have people over for a get-together, right? You just have this playing in the background. It kind of fits every mood. Appreciate Jamie's work this morning. I'm just glad it wasn't something I was doing. Like a lot of times, I stay silent when something doesn't work in the studio because I want to try to have a, a day or two to figure it out because I don't know this board as well as everybody else here. <laughs> but this was one that I figured was, you know, was not working. But there you go. That's some Chuck Mangione for you today. So we appreciate that. Feels so good here on the program. Um, and it feels so good for all those programs that were able to uh, move on in advance. So congratulations to them. And we'll see, uh, like I said, um, I hope that Radford High School can put up a, a really good fight in their game coming up. But um, it might be a little taxing, a little difficult with uh, everything else that's going on. But you never know. That's why you play the games. But I do know one thing. For Rick Cormier to make 11 state championship games, that is very, very impressive in every way, shape, or form. And congratulations to all those young men for uh, battling through. I believe that was the fourth time they played Floyd County, if I'm not mistaken. All right, so the ACC gets underway today. 2 o'clock, 4.30, and then the late game, Notre Dame and Virginia Tech. Tech, seven-point favorites in the game. And if they win, they would play North Carolina State on Wednesday. Georgia Tech, two-point favorites in their matchup with Florida State. You have BC, six-point favorites over the U of L. So that's how your ACC rounds up today. All the games will be on the ACC network. We'll have the radio broadcast over on the flagship station, 105.3, The Bear, with Mike Burnham and Zach Mackey. <clears throat> and we're going to talk to Mike Burnham about the game and about what Tech has to do. How much did that final week of victories help them? Because that's important, right? A little momentum, get rid of some of the negativity that's kind of prevailing around the program because of the disappointing regular season, the fact that right now you're completely off of the ACC bubble. Got to bounce back any way you can. And I think that's... Now, literally game by game, you're starting your postseason right now. That's what you're doing in terms of thinking you started your postseason maybe last week as well. Or at least that mindset has to permeate. And we'll see. Tech's talented enough. We know that, right, when they're on. 
I mean, you look at the litany of teams that they knocked off, Carolina, Duke, Virginia, Pitt. Now, granted, all those games were at home, but at the same time, you, you still were able to win them. So if you're on and you're playing well, you got a shot. And I think that's something that they uh, have to keep in mind, and, and we'll find out. We've got a lot of great comments. Appreciate um, – we tried our best yesterday here to – Pay the proper tribute to uh, Coach Hicks, and uh, I really appreciate Scotty Scott and Scott Vest for coming on the program. Um, heard from so many folks, uh, former Cougars and and uh, teammates. It's a difficult time now. I did post, by the way, uh, on our uh, Facebook page, so the information would be out there for uh, Coach Hicks and his service that's coming up. But um, this coming March the 18th at 3 p.m., there's going to be a community service at Kenneth J. Dobson Stadium, and appropriately so, at Joel Hicks Field. I can't think of a better place to have the community service. So this is going to be again on March the 18th, and... This was released yesterday. The uh, Bauer Funeral Home folks are taking care of everything. And that stadium will be absolutely packed. The hills will be lined. Folks, standing room only like it used to be, right, when Coach Hicks was there and Pulaski County was playing a home game or hosting a playoff game. It's going to have that kind of uh, crowd support as we lay Coach uh, permanently to rest and pay our final tributes to him and everything that he meant to so many people and what he meant <clears throat> to Pulaski County. So wanted to pass that along. I'm going to leave that up on our uh, Facebook page so everybody can find it and so everybody will know exactly uh, where and when uh, that memorial service will be. All right, we're just getting started for another day here on a Tuesday. Mike Burnham, Jermaine Farrell, David Smith. A lot going on, a lot of uh, buzzer beaters already, March Madness. I mean, this is what it's all about. And see, this is, we're going to get into again, this is where, with everything that's going on with the mid-majors, that's where everything is really exciting right now. A preview of the NCAA tournament, if you will. We'll be back. Let's fly way up to the clouds Away from the maddening crowds We can sing in the glow of a star That I know of where lovers enjoy peace of mind Let us leave the confusion and all this illusion If you go to the uh, women's basketball power rankings Virginia Tech has climbed all the way to number two I mean, we're talking about unprecedented notoriety here for the Tech women's basketball program. Number two right now with a bullet in terms of the, well, take it for a grain of salt, but the ESPN power ranking, South Carolina at 32-0. Tech went from 7-2. to And the write-up looks like this. The Hokies' ACC tournament trophy was historic, a first for the program, and might have propelled them into an NCAA number one seed, which is what we told you yesterday. ACC Player of the Year, Liz Kitley had 20 points in Virginia Tech's 75-67 title victory over Louisville. 
Georgia Amor. Amor. Stole the show for the Hokies. 25 points. The Hokies, who have earned their highest ranking in the season, have won 11 games in a row. So Tech, right now, is on the number one seed line. So South Carolina, Virginia Tech, Iowa, and Indiana, likely-ish, to be your top four seeds. Then you have UConn at five, Maryland, LSU, and Stanford, likely your other top seeds. So we'll see how it plays out. I don't think there's any question that Kenny Brooks' squad has earned what we talked about, right? That they've earned uh, to be a number one seed. And if they're getting this kind of love already, although Iowa is coming hard with a push, I'll tell you what, that's a really good basketball team on the women's side. But to see Tech get that kind of due is, is really nice because they absolutely deserve it. And we'll keep up with it, and we'll see, but none of it matters until the actual um, brackets come out, which will also be on Sunday. And then we'll see. James Madison claims uh, the Sun Belt bid, by the way. So there's another state school on the women's side that's making it into the tournament. James Madison beat Texas State 81-51. So the Dukes are in on the women's side. Congratulations to them, our friends in Harrisonburg. Commonwealth Hoops, very impressive once again. But tonight... All Tech fans will be watching the Hokies against Notre Dame as they try to start their quest marching through the ACC tournament once again. If you want to chime in on uh, the high school games last night, we'd love to hear from you. It's been fun to have those games down at uh, Deadman throughout the regional, now the semifinal playoffs. Hard to believe a team's playing Another team, fourth time. That was the case last night with Radford and Floyd. And another very, very close game. Very little separation between the two schools. And then I mentioned, by the way, if you're wondering, we had a couple people chime in. I mean, John Marshall, number one team in the country, knocked off Brunswick 112-49. Now, I'm not great at math. But I think that's a 63-point victory in a state semifinal game. And that's what Radford High School is going to be running into. So I guess you could look at the win last night by Radford as kind of being a, a local type of championship. Because let's just be honest, it's not in any way any kind of indictment against this Radford High School team, but it wouldn't really matter who's playing John Marshall going forward. And therein lies the problem with what they're doing as opposed to every other school, yet they're allowed to stay in that classification. And I hope people can travel. I think Pulaski County High School is going to allow everybody to travel to the state championship game for the ladies. Now, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but if the Cougars win... Will that be the third all-time state title in their program's history? Not not girls basketball. I'm talking about all their athletic programs. They had football, track. Am I missing anything? All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Stay with us. More coming up halfway home in hour one.
is Mike Ashley, star of Stage, Screen, and Local Pub, saying listen to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. 25 minutes for the top of the hour. You can call us up on the Baker Team Hotline, 639-4900. Text line at 744-2990. Hope you're doing well wherever you might be. As we slide into a Tuesday... The temperatures, temperatures today in the upper 50s. And tonight, going to be down to 20s. Be a little windy today. A little colder tomorrow. And then uh, very cold this weekend. Like the high on Saturday is supposed to be 41 degrees. But no bad stuff being called for. So that's pretty good. We'll take that. I know I'll take that. As you all know. So in the uh, morning times, there are times, for instance, when I wake up before the alarm, I know it's earlier. I feel pretty good. Like whenever you wake up at the alarm is when you feel worse. Now we're getting ready to start daylight savings times. Like right now, we're at, uh, as the earth makes its rotation around the sun, uh, It's daylight, right? It's it starts to get daylight. Dawn starts to arise. It's starting to lighten up out there about six fifteen, six twenty. So once we get the uh, the hour ahead, right, it'll be a little darker in the morning and be a little more bright in the evenings. So all that is coming here, and I've even seen, by the way, some. Some of the snow-loving weather prognosticators are already waving the white flag. And maybe they're doing that because they're going to get that out there. And then they may know something's coming. I don't know. But it's kind of fun to see. They're just like, "Uh uh-oh, we're not seeing anything on the horizon in March. Because they know in April it's kind of like fake snow. I mean, sometimes it does snow in April. That was a Prince song, by the way. I believe it was the Around the World in a Day album. Somebody can check me on that. But anyway, um, sometimes it will, but it's usually gone the next day because the temperatures are warmer. Or sometimes it's even gone if it snows in April early and then in the evening. So they're kind of getting to the point where I think they're – they're understanding that we're not going to have it. And who told you? It wasn't us, but it was Jim, a BDST listener, who went out. We told you spring would get here six weeks earlier, and it has. Puxatani Phil, wrong as usual. You know, he's only batting around 500 for a guy who's supposed to be an expert. The groundhog is not really that guy. Right. If you had a bookie and all you were doing was breaking even, like breaking even, like if you had somebody who was giving you sports betting advice or anything else and all you were doing is breaking even, you would fire that guy, right? So I think it's time to fire the groundhog. And let's go with uh with Jim from Smith Creek. <laughs> I believe that's who it was. He was the one who told us everything was going to be okay. But 
when I get up at the alarm, it's a much worse morning than when I get up well before the alarm. Today I got up well before the alarm. And the emergency alarm is set for about 4.30. Today I rolled over, it's 4.02. And I'm thinking, all right, I feel pretty good now. 4.02, that means I got time to kind of chill and I can wake up a little bit. People ask, how do you get up that early five days a week? Well, it's not just five days a week because I've done it so often. After I, I had three kids and they were all up early. But usually... Even when the weekend comes or when you're away from doing the show and you say, hey, I can sleep in today. Like sleeping in was traveling, well, with Raptor basketball. All right? Because usually wake up time, especially after the travel day, is around they want the guys to sleep as late as possible so nobody is supposed to really be up and about to about 9.30. Now, that's not locked in for the travel party extras like myself. But even though you have that knowledge of thinking, wow, I can lay in bed till 7, 8, 9 o'clock, I usually can't because I roll over and I'm already in show mode. <laughs> Wait a minute, it's Saturday. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm up anyway. So, And then if I try to go back to sleep, I usually can't, and then you feel worse. It's like when you take the 15, 20-minute nap, you're okay. And I think back, you know where I first learned that, by the way? I learned that from Coach Hicks as well. This was back during my sophomore year when we used to do two-a-days. And I'm talking about, you know, everybody remembers two-a-days the way they used to be, things that wouldn't be allowed nowadays. Three hours of practice out in the August heat, then you'd break for a couple of hours, then you'd go back for the afternoon session, and many times the afternoon session is where you had all the physical contact you do a little extra run I mean it was hard it's hard to make the Pulaski County program but remember Coach Hicks would say all you need is about 15-20 minutes don't lay down he he didn't want guys to lay down and sleep for an hour in between practices but he did suggest all you need is a 15-20 minute and I never understood that I never understood about the 15-20 minute nap But it worked. He's right. He was right then and he's right now. Like at lunchtime it works sometimes because I have been up at four. I might doze for a bit, but I will set the alarm for about 20 minutes. And then when you're up, you're like, okay, that's what I needed. Because I've tried it the other way. And I don't know how you are with your naps. And I guess it probably depends on the environment in which you're in. But if you're in the middle of the day of a work day, I don't think you can nap for an hour. And then get back into it. At least I can. If you can, that's great. Like if you spend most of your lunch break and you're just napping, good for you if you can sleep a half an hour, 45 minutes, and then get back to work. I couldn't do that. I'd be out the rest of the day. I'd be sluggish, lethargic. The Coach Hicks talked about the 15 to 20 minute nap, and you would. You would sit there um, in the floor, stretched out, leaned up against your locker. We'd take pillows and things. He'd turn the lights out. Leave your football pants on, usually either shirtless or you had it on a different T-shirt because the one that you wore in the morning session was drenched with sweat. And you would take your nap. 
And then you'd get up. Wayne asks, what time do I go to bed? Uh, it varies, Wayne. Sometimes you think you can get in bed by 9, 9.30. And that's usually what happens. Sometimes, though, if there's a game that carries over, I'll be watching. But usually no later than 10. Yeah, the water from a hose... Back in the day of two-a-days. I will say this, too, about Coach Hicks being ahead of his time. You know how a lot of folks will talk about how water breaks or getting a drink was used as a reward during practices, two-a-days in particular. Like, for instance, you'd stay out and you'd work. Well, you're not getting water until you're, you get the drill right. I don't recall Coach Hicks ever being like that. I mean, a guy who was so fit, I remember him making sure we were hydrated. In other words, water breaks weren't a reward. He was kind of ahead of his time then. I know it sounds silly now because, obviously, being hydrated is a big part of being an athlete and staying fit and healthy and making sure something else doesn't happen. For instance, when I'm at a basketball practice watching our guys and they all each have their own water bottles. I mean, you watch a football game, guy goes off after he's been on the field for a couple, three plays. What are they doing immediately? Here's your water. But Coach Hicks never punished us by not giving us water. Now, he would punish us by running us a lot more. But not – he understood the importance of everybody staying hydrated. I will say that. I remember getting lots of water breaks. Or sometimes you could, you could use the hose and just kind of just spray yourself a little bit. But they don't, they don't do those two-a-days anymore, do they? At least not to that degree. If they do two-a-days, there may be one that's in pads and one not. Or a lot of times practices have been moved because of the heat of the day. They've been moved to the evenings and so forth, things like that. Right? Is that where we are? And look, I'm not, I'm not dissing that. But we didn't have that luxury. <clears throat> In other words, it didn't matter how hot it got. And those of you who or of a certain age, when you went through your two-a-day football practices, you know what I mean. I mean, it didn't matter if by, oh, I don't know, 9 or 10 o'clock it was already well over 80 degrees and the humidity was thick, you could cut it with a knife. You were out there doing everything like you normally would. It wouldn't be that way today, in all likelihood. So as much as athletes have evolved, especially at the professional levels, and maybe we've just gotten smarter about the overall health of young people. I mean, I'm not at all criticizing anybody taking extra precautions. I'm just stating how much different it is from those days to the way it is today. And now there's so much attention that's paid to it. You know, I think coaches are kind of pigeonholed from what they would kind of like to do. And then knowing what 
they are allowed to do and can't do. But I've been thinking a lot about Coach in those days and those practices and the running and just how hard it was to run. We called them fifths after practice. And you would run your fifths at the end of the second practice that day. And that's corner to corner around the football field. No shortcuts. And when you've been practicing football five or six hours in the heat, you'd be with your position group running. And you would run your fifths. And you pulled for one another then like you never did before because you know that if a group didn't make it on time, you'd be running it all over again and that one didn't count. <laughs> Not sure they do that anymore. Mike Burnup used to talk about that. I'm gonna talk, I'll talk to Mike a little bit about that. I love to hear Mike's stories about when he was at Tech and how they used to treat calisthenics and all that. He talked about guys taking shortcuts. Things like that. So I want to talk to him about that again. It's just not the same anymore. Of course, he knew all about Coach Hicks, too. But I think about those days, and boy, you think you're never going to survive them. You think, my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? And then, before that opening night, you're all sitting there in your locker, you're prepared, and you're thinking, all right, you know what? Whatever happens tonight, it's not going to be as bad as anything we just went through <laughs> the last three weeks getting ready for night one. <laughs> Tony says, kicker's least favorite part of practice, fifths. <laughs> Very true. Very true, Tony. Kickers. But, you know, kickers, though, again, no excuse because, sorry, you're not practicing like the rest of the team. So you should be able to handle your fists. All kickers should have been at the front of the line running their fists. <laughs> uh. But you would. You would be ready to go. You would be ready to go. I'll tell you that. And Coach Hicks had his teams ready to go, which is why Pulaski County High School football was the place to be on a Friday night at Kenna J. Dobson Stadium. And you can remember just seeing everybody as you walked down the stairs and looked around during the game and seeing the hills lined. It was just a different time and a fervor around that program. Community was a lot larger. A lot of businesses have left town, obviously, so it's not the same size. But my goodness, those were some special times. You felt like you were at a college game. You really did. The crowd was always great. All right. And I'm just thinking about all those times, and I think a lot of people are, and how much it helped so many people in Pulaski County. So many guys who went through that program. And things have changed dramatically, obviously. But the principles and the weight training and the things that Coach Hicks revolutionized this area are still going to be maintained and are still, I know, talked about. I know they are. There's been so many tributes from every coach in the state. It's my goodness. I and mean, I put up I put up on our Twitter page um, 
my little tribute to Coach with a picture. And we've had, I don't know, coaches from all over the state have either retweeted or replied to it. I mean, it's just incredible. The impact. Yeah, I do remember that, Tony. I, I don't remember the year, Tony. I want to say 84. It may have been 82. Yeah, they brought the bleachers in from Tech. They had some bleachers they had to bring in to fit everybody into Ken J. Dobson Stadium. Because you were looking at that point of a crowd of ten to 15,000 people at a high school football game. Maybe more. I don't even know. Yeah, I remember that. They had to bring those bleachers in. Absolutely, I do. Can't remember that year that they did that. And I want to say maybe it happened more than once, to be honest with you. All right, we're going to take a break, come back, wrap up hour one, remind you what's ahead later on in the program. We hope you're okay wherever you might be. It's a Tuesday. Tech and Notre Dame tonight. Mike Burnup will preview that for us. Tech has to win five to make the NCAA. Do they have it in them? More coming up. Getting your day started correctly with the finest sports talk known to all mankind. Pretty good. It's pretty, 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 pretty good. Big Dog Sports Talk returns next on WRAD. A couple bits of news here that's not really sports related, but did you see where the $160 million Powerball winner was in Pulaski County? Was taken in Pulaski? How about that? That's pretty cool. I wonder who it is. It was at the Gill Brothers. Gas station. Fourth largest prize ever won in the Commonwealth, $161 million. So that happened. Everybody always says, well, nobody ever wins around here. Well, that's pretty much eliminated forever. Awesome. Also, did you see where they're remaking Roadhouse? (laughs) Yep, this is true. Not really sure why. But that's what's happening. Roadhouse remake. I saw this, and I was thinking, is that really necessary? Jake Gyllenhaal is going to play the role of Patrick Swayze. You'll have to get into that at a later date. Mike Burnup scheduled to join us next in Greensboro when we come back, hour two, straight ahead. Do we need a remake of Roadhouse? Mull it over and let me know what you think. 